Now, Professor, I am ready to do the cooking, but I have a fancy for doing it by proxy. I'll be at your house, your proxy. I shall do better than Blackwell. The blessing was pronounced by Gardner, and the proxy marriage was completed. You will wed her, she will bear your name, but you will marry her by proxy. And I shall be your proctor. Here the ceremony of marriage by proxy was to be solemnized. There is always a glory in creation, even if it be creation by proxy, so to speak. Fill out the following form of proxy, sign and seal it, and send it to me. Or thinking it not orthodoxy, they only let them vote by proxy. Voting by proxy, long permitted, has been recently abolished. The hill cannot be kind and attentive, overpowering or oppressive by proxy.
Many new musical groups have made their appearance in recent years, but none more witty and more inventive than the six men who call themselves the Association. In order to combat the sudden influx of machines into our society, you see before you this evening a machine of our own construction. You see an association machine. Composed of many integral parts, the first being behind and above us, a semi-reclined percussive invertebrator, or drummer. In the center of the machine, we see a flexible rhythm generator known as rhythm guitar. On the other end of the machine, we see a transistorized flexible rhythm generator stamped made in Japan. <laughs> to my immediate right, we see a manifold bifurcated tambouriner. I am a consistent low-range modulator. Last but not least, on the other end of the machine stands the largest single component in captivity, an elongated fluting vocalizator. This machine, when programmed correctly, emits a variety of sounds and rhythmic patterns, such as... Don't you know me, Kansas City? I'm the new Berlin Wall. Try and turn me down. Of a town ripped in two I made it over the great divide Well now I'm coming for you And the gays and the series They try and tear me down You want it baby I'm serious They try and tear me down Remember what, babe? Hey! In the truth of difference 
started smoking between the 8th and 9th grade. Now back then, in the late 80s in Concord, smoking in high school was kind of allowed. There was a place in the school, nicknamed the Oven, for other reasons, which was this like cement slab that was kind of outside the library and in the kind of greater courtyard. Now I did not feel cool or tough enough to enter that space. That was definitely for older kids. Tough older kids in blue jean jackets. I was also, you know, kind of a lonely freshman. Did not have much going for me. Really not rolling with a crew. Academically, uh, disaster. Basically driving everyone crazy. Including myself. In my big army green fatigue jacket. With a pack of smokes in the chest pocket. Now, where I smoked was kind of like, uh, that's a kind of weird place to smoke, actually, now that I think about it. It was out front, so you could actually see me smoking pretty much the most random exposed spot you could think of in the high school. You know, I could have gone in the hill in the back, probably afraid of that. Could have gone behind the radio station or where the trailers were, but I think in my own mind, I thought, you know, if I'm back here, then I'm essentially admitting to doing something really wrong. If I'm just kind of out in the open, in between these windows smoking, then I have plausible deniability. Now, one afternoon, I'm out there after lunch smoking a cigarette, when along comes two or three guys, I think it was three, and they were jocks. They were definitely lacrosse players or something. Fit, and you know, probably a good two, three years older than me. Well, they saw me in my totally unhidden spot, and the main guy, who had kind of like curly blonde hair, approached me. And essentially he gives me, starts going in on the speech. You like smoking? You know what smoking does to you? You play sports? You know, never really like unkind, although skating around unkindness, you know, me being pretty physically unfit, felt like there's perhaps an implication there that the smoking wasn't helping which it wasn't, I have to say there was a part of me that was flattered that he even took an interest in me. This was some popular upperclassman, some jock, come over to convert this lowly freshman in his army fatigue jacket smoking against the wall. He did it a couple of times, actually, a day, maybe two days later. A couple of times go by, I must have just kind of leaked it out. Leaked it out amongst my, you know kind of friends, the kind of friends I might sit with at lunch, and they somehow leak it out, and it starts virally making its way up through a certain faction in the school. And this is the tough kid faction. This is the leather jacket faction. This is the blue jean jacket faction, the people who smoke in the oven. And somehow, one of the leaders of that group gets wind of it and approaches me, and he says, uh... So, I hear so-and-so is giving you some trouble about smoking, because apparently this guy could figure out who it was that had given me the speech about smoking. Now I've got two alpha upperclassmen interested in my situation as around smoking. And I say, yeah, well, yeah, yes. He talked to me about it, and this leather jacket guy says, "Uh, yeah, he's giving you a hard time, huh? Now... 
the reality is, is that he really wasn't giving me a hard time. It might have been a little bit overbearing. It might have been, like, not totally appropriate. But he wasn't bullying me. But a plan gets hatched right there in the lunchroom. I go out to my awkward little spot and light a cigarette. It's probably a, a bright fall day, beautiful weather. And I stand there smoking. Couldn't have been more than a couple minutes when, lo and behold, the routine repeats itself. And up comes the jock and gets to me and is probably there for about five seconds when a rumble comes from inside the building and pouring out and surrounding us are about only 25 tough guys. I have found myself in the middle of a war I have no knowledge of. I am merely the proxy And as soon as the jock sees this, he knows that he has been laid into a trap. And Leather Jacket number one steps forward and says, I hear you've been giving my friend some trouble for smoking. Now the jock has shrunken maybe five or six inches and offers feebly some kind of, I was just explaining to him the health risks of smoking. Oh, really? So you're a health teacher now? You're here to lecture my friend about his smoking? Now the jock is pinned. There's nothing he's going to do. And even though there's no real threat of physical violence, there might as well be. And leather jacket number one says, How about maybe you uh, apologize to him? How about you tell him it's none of your business? whether he smokes or not. And after a few moments, and after he kind of awkwardly attempts eye contact with me, that's what happens. All the while, with myself thinking, you know what, this isn't really totally right. Like, whatever's happening now, it's like similarly awkward and just a little bit off as what was happening before. Just like the spot where I chose to smoke was just kind of awkward and off. And the jock is dispatched on his way. And the leather jackets, having scored a massive victory, clamor back into the building, me with them. But even before we reach the door, I realize I am but a pawn. Expendable in this game immediately released to my own recognizance.
Well, all right. And that is it. We made it. We have crossed the basin. Now, looking up, climbing to where the air is thin and our thinking is clear, we're liberated. I am the B.I.Q. And you, my dear listener, you're my barbarian kin. You're like family to me. Behind us now, this valley falling into death. And with winter coming, I say, how about you and I? Go dig a hole. Now you can find us everywhere on the internet. Barbarian in the Valley is podcasted. We're also at barbarianinthevalley.com. And I want to remind you, stay tuned because the free associates are coming up at 11 o'clock. Let's party. (laughs) 